Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Echale Podcast. My name is Jose Quintero, and on today's episode, I'm very excited to go ahead and introduce our next guest. He is known as the Black Mexican. Without further ado, Michael Baca. Yeah. Nice to meet you guys. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. We just recorded our interview with Clarify Creators, an awesome company. Mm -hmm. um, really excited to be here. Have you done podcasting before? Like, have you done? I that? have. I have done. I went. I was on Josh Lavers' podcast. Oh, was, you're uh, lying! I freaking love Josh. Yeah. Hit me up for salud, awesome. Josh, because I need some. <laughs> How was that awesome. experience? That's awesome, Josh. La plática. Awesome. You know, I I was a fan of Josh and, and Sebas for like years since I was a kid. So to go on there and actually be able to meet with them is like like a dream come true kind of thing. Yeah. To be honest with you, I've also been on the IE and Friends. Oh, okay, with Saul. Saul, yes. Okay. Saul is an absolute genius. Yes, um, I love what he's doing to the Inland Empire. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, complete visionary. Um, yeah, just really smart, very fun podcast. Just a great experience. Yeah, well, obviously, um, well, this isn't going to be as fun as theirs, but it's going to be <laughs> very different because my podcast is obviously, the, the way I see it is, look, uh, I work in radio, so from 5 to 10 a.m., I'm always like, ah, entertaining, like, wow, wow, spirit, uh, spirit mm -hmm. fingers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Versus with Echale Podcast, I really like to dive into the backstory. So it's a little bit more serious to a certain extent, the backstory of each individual on how they got to where they are today. So echándole ganas a la vida one episode at a time. So See, I want to start with Michael. You grew up in the Inland Empire? I did. I was born in, in Fontana. I was actually born in Whittier, but okay. I've, I've lived in Fontana, California my entire life. Well, I was born in Pomona, lived in Fontana. Look at that. Yeah, so yeah. vecinos, right? They're See. neighbors. But how was that experience growing up? Fontucky, Inland Empire. <laughs> I mean, come on. San Bernardino. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. I know, I know. No, I, I, I love Fontana, honestly. It, I think it's a great place. Uh, I, I love that, you know, I think it has a very, like, uh, we're very, like, a very tight-knit community, much more tight-knit than L.A., which is why I like Fontana a lot more. Even though mm -hmm. now I'm older, I'd still prefer to live in Fontana same. over at Los Angeles. Same, same. If yeah. anything, I mean, people might criticize me uh, for wanting to move to Rancho. <laughs> I'm like, just because okay. it's, not, not because well, a lot of people are like, oh, you want to go with the nicer community, yeah. why not? No, it's, honestly, it would save me from the commute from, because uh, I work in Burbank, right? Mm -hmm. So just living in Rancho would just allow me just that 20, 30 minute commute and just make it my It makes life a difference. It, it, it really does. Yeah. The 210 be getting crazy lately. The two, yes, exactly. And before it was not like that. Before it was like the 210 was this hidden gem, a hidden freeway that hardly exactly. anybody <laughs> used, but now it feels like it's a lot more congested than it and needs to be. And when you're driving into LA, man, like that, there's that little stretch of LA just like on the outskirts of LA and to get into LA is just like, it's grueling. Yes. And then to get out of it. Yeah. It's like, oh my, it does make a difference. That 20 minutes is, is life changing. Do you have family in LA? Um, I do not have family in L.A. Uh, I was going to say, because no. growing up, I had to, most of my family, if not all, was in L.A. So trying to come to uh, Fontana to them, it was like, wow, there's nothing to do out here. Uh, uh, but there's also okay. no traffic, right? Yeah, so exactly. like streets are a lot wider. We can park on the streets mm -hmm. uh, and, and whatnot. But their perception of Fontana was definitely like, oh, it's a desert, which the Inland Empire is a desert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's uh, even though we don't have a Trader Joe's nearby or any of this, <laughs> you know, I love me some Trader Joe's. I, yeah. I like you said, I wouldn't you change go to Rancho for, for that. Yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world because it's definitely a tight community growing up did you go what elementary because now i'm trying to be like did we ever oh go man Wait, how old are you first of all i'm old okay 20, i'm 29 <laughs> <laughs> I'm, baby. I'm 32 okay so i was like i'm trying to see if we went to elementary school together or middle school or high school i don't know so i went to Hoopa vista oh okay is that that's the new middle school right that's the elementary wow. school Oh, okay. Never in, mind. In, in, in Southridge. Okay. Ah, yeah. In that area, exactly. you're past the ten. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, okay. Got you. Got Are you, you on the other side? I'm of by the speedway. Well, now they're. Ah, I don't okay. know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the speedway, baby. So I went to Sequoia Middle School. Then I went to Full High. I went to Poplar. 
West Randall. So definitely. Oh, yeah. That's on the other side. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Ah, okay, no wonder. Yeah. So you went to Kaiser. Correct. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you remember? Were you? Did you play any sports? I did. I played basketball growing up. Actually, really? Yeah, that's actually yeah. Did you have a chant for like Fohai? Like you know how people used to chant? I remember. I, <laughs> I remember ours. I have that much pride on Fohai. Oh man! It was like Fohai Stu. I know. Wait, that was Av Miller. Never mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no, hey. we had. Never mind. Someone. Yeah, and when I'm at when someone's asking what high school I went to at this age, I'm just like it. It's too old. How okay? So talk to me growing <laughs> up because the Inland Empire, especially Fontana, was predominantly or still is very heavily Latino. Same. And on Instagram, you're called the Black Mexican. Was there ever some type of, uh, I don't want to say confusion, but resistance to that duality of yours? You know, and I think this is a this is very popular, not just uh, in Fontana or anything, just like really popular just everywhere, mm-hmm. is that people don't really embrace their other culture. So then people just kind of pick a culture. So like if you're, people just either say they're black or they're Mexican or they're white or they're Hispanic or they're Asian or they're, or they're Mexican or whatever. Um, very rarely do you get that duality. So, so growing up, it was just, just black pretty much. Really? Yeah. I really didn't embrace my, my Mexican culture until much later. And why is that? You know, just because it just wasn't really popular, no one's really, no one really did it. I, I, I didn't really know any black Mexicans, so I didn't really think it was like a thing. And then everyone else seemed like they just chose, you mm-hmm. know. Um, like okay, like the, like to give you an example, like like Carlton from mm-hmm. like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, right? Alfonso Roberto, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Roberto is like a Latino name. I'm almost positive there's some Latino in there, but you would never know that. He just doesn't really talk about it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So just things like that. Um, so just no one really did it. Yeah. Did you feel like you had to pick a side sometimes? Like, or did you? Yeah. Obviously, playing basketball, uh, predominantly more African Americans play basketball. Correct. So it was sort of like, oh, do, do I want to tell them that I'm also Mexican? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, w- w- was there like, I don't know, some resistance there too? Yeah, you know, I just, I, there was, I would not say resistance, but it just, it just never really came up. And I was just like, oh, everyone else picks a side. I better pick a side too. Mm. Right. So I was like, well, I hang out with the black people, they play basketball. You know, they play play football, my friends, you know. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, I, I, guess, I guess I'm black. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. know if you ever heard about the Full High Riots. Uh, that w- I did. That right. was b- a little before my time. But well, yeah. It was middle school. I was in high school. I think I was a sophomore, if not a... Fr- I, no, I think I was a sophomore in high school. That, you were probably in middle school. 06? Yeah. 06. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. So then you were definitely wrong, you were younger. Um, but that whole uh, notion of the Full High Riots was African-Americans versus uh, Mexicans. And I do it was, that. and I cannot imagine now thinking about it. Obviously, when I was younger, I didn't imagine interracial couples, right? Exactly. Because that's something that I learned a lot later in life. Mm-hmm. But imagine somebody like you having to kind of like, yo, hold up, mm-hmm. where do I stand? Yeah, you know, you know. Actually, okay, think back on it. So it, it's it's uh, it never came up in being black and Mexican until it came up, right? Because okay. I me- I remember that time because. Even in middle school, we were talking like, man, like, what if these, what if these Mexicans, what if these black guys start like, who am I gonna go with? Like, and it was yeah. kind of like when I was already hanging out with the black people already, so I was like, man, I got, I got your back, I got yeah. your back, dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So th- you, you, you kind of did have to pick a side, and I didn't have to pick a side until I had to pick a side. Wow. Right. Exactly. And then, who is uh, black in your family? Your mom or your dad? My mother is black. My mom, your mom, and then so your dad is. Do you know from where? Yeah, uh, he's from a, he's from uh, Guanajuato, a town, <gasps> a small town called Romita. Romita, was it? Oh, wow. I love Guanajuato. We sometimes have to walk around here because uh, the lights turn off. Sarai, are you there? She's probably in a meeting and we're going to have to walk. So that means we're going to take a little short break (laughs) while we walk around this room real quick. Oh, you're already setting up. Then I'm just going to keep on talking and you're just going to go walk. But there you go. That's it. The lights turned on and there shall be lights. Uh, welcome to podcasting. I'm not editing any of this out because I love Perfect. the natural aspect of it. But um, when your parents went to school, was there ever a confusion from the teachers, from other students, from other? Oh, you know what? I've 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 never talked to my parents about their their experience going to high school. No, but like with you, like you know when they had back to school night. Oh yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, you yeah know? exactly. Yeah, it's sort of like did they ever question? Wait, is that your dad or is that like, you know? Um, not that I remember, to be honest with you. Dang. Okay. Yeah, not that I remember. When did you start embracing the Mexican, Mexican culture? Side? Yeah, you know what? 
when I started getting the, going to Taco Tuesday at the... Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, was say, I was like, okay. <laughs> that's, that's very different. You know, to, you know, no, it wasn't until after I got out of, out, of, out of college, I would say, and I started to become like thinking of the man I want to become and stuff like that. And I started exploring. Mm. And, and it was like, oh, so it's like my side of Mexico, like Mexican. So I started going to Mexico like frequently. Really? And I just fell in love with Mexico. Was like, that your first time? Go- I mean, as a gr- like having a dad from Guanajuato, I'm sure he was super like into his uh, culture. Did you go to Guanajuato often? So my dad is actually very Americanized. To oh, be okay. With you. Well, yeah. <laughs> Psych. Yeah. So our family is, but uh-huh. he's uh, third generation. Oh, okay. I think he's third generation. Okay. He's n- not first. Uh, maybe maybe even second. Um, so it wasn't like yeah. When I got older, I started exploring, and I was like, man, this is amazing. I want to learn so much about this culture. I want to learn how to dance like them. I want to learn. You know, it's a part of me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, the food, the 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 lifestyle. I just loved all, everything about it. When did you start going to Mexico? You said it right after college, but what was your first destination? Rosarito. I was going to literally say, uh, say Rosarito. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Rosarito one time. I saw a mariachi band. I'm like, oh, I'm super Mexican. Oh, my God. You're yeah. like, you guys, I got this. Don't worry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know how yeah. to communicate to them. No, well, okay. After Rosarito, I'm trying Same. to find like where you found the most culture because i always feel like when people say rosarito i was like okay that that is mexico but it's been so gentrified so americanized and mm-hmm. so many people go so many white families go and retire in baja california and they si. buy property and it's like uh okay they're starting mm-hmm. to change the culture mm-hmm. um which i also find like double like ironic it's like okay they get their dual citizenship and it's super si. easy to get their dual citizenship so they go and buy communities in mexico but then if they want to do or if like Mexicans want to come to the United is States, it, is it is it easy to get your dual dual citizenship? You can get your dual citizenship if you yeah. have one family member who is Mexican. I thought, but I thought your your it's it can't be your like your grandfather. It has to be like your father. Mm, then you'd have to go live in Mexico for a while, which a lot of people but, do. Yeah, it's it's, and pretty, it's it's pretty difficult actually to get. Well, if if you don't have your father. Oh, really? Yeah, I heard. Look at me, I'm getting educated. (laughs) (laughs) I got my dual citizenship (laughs) because both parents are. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's easy then. Dang. Okay. That's awesome. Dang. Okay, but where did you go that you fell in love aside from Rosario? So it wasn't actually going to Mexico. It was actually just being over here and started going to like Jaripeos. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So it wasn't even actually in Mexico, but Jaripeos. I was like, man, this is. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, I stopped, I stopped going to, like, clubs. I have. I don't even go to clubs anymore. Um, uh, yeah, nightclubs and concerts. I started going to Hottie Pales. Uh-huh. And I just thought, I just fell in love. I thought this is way better than, like, anything else I've ever been to. I, I have to completely agree with you on that. And then just Mex- Mexicans are just cool. The, we just love to party and make an excuse out of exactly. everything. And, and they love to make friends. And it, it it's just an amazing culture. It's so funny because people always say, like, oh, Cinco de Mayo is not, like, a Mexican holiday. I'm like, no, but it's a good excuse for us to have a party. Yeah, exactly. So we'll still have the party. Yeah. <laughs> so Cinco de Mayo... Is actually a, a celebration of the battle of, of the battle of Puebla, Puebla yep. in, in Puebla. So yes. they, they they do celebrate it massively in Puebla, but in, in all of Mexico, no. Yeah, nah, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, look at you educating. Yeah. So, what type of content now do you create? Uh, because as a Black Mexican, how do you try to uh, elevate y- your community or yourself? Correct. Yeah, what On I do TikTok when I, what, or Instagram. Yeah, yeah. What I do with my content is I really try to show people like the inner work, like the, the, how the family dynamic would work in a, in a, in a black and Mexican household. Uh-huh. And, and really it's to show like, cause what, what I, what I really love that happens is people say, I'll say black moms do this, Mexican dads do this. And then you have black people who say, wait, my mom does that and I'm black. Right. Uh-huh. And it's like, well, that's, that's kind of the point of like my whole, like my whole, why I made my channel in the first place. It was to show people that we're not really as different as we think we are. We're actually very yeah. similar to yeah. be honest with you. Wow. And you said you went to Cal State San Bernardino. I'm Correct. kind of like curious as to why you decided to major in theater. We were talking, by mm-hmm. the way, you guys, before this started, <laughs> so I know he majored in theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I just, I really fell in love with telling people stories. You know, I, I've been telling people stories ever since I was a kid. So uh-huh. I just kind of, as I got older, I just kept wanting to do it. It was just a passion of mine. But, you know, I was not the kind of kid that was like, what happened at school today? It was like, oh, I don't, just nothing, mom. Nothing, dad. Mm-hmm. Like, they, you know, you ask kids today. What happened at school? Uh, it was fun. No, 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 no. It's like, mom, you know, mom, my, my crush was there. 
Oh, you Jeez. like were all up. Oh, that was that, I'm That's very specific. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm very specific with my even now I'm very specific with my stories, right? I think about how people are gonna react to the stories. I think about the best way to tell people the stories. It's the same thing with my skits. Yeah. Right? So that's just part of who I was. And once I once I found it, I just uh, stuck with it. I, and I, the reason I'm asking for anybody who's wondering, okay, why would you ask something about theater? I majored in theater and we had similar professors. Uh, mm-hmm. I started the theater program in 2009 and everybody has to go through like acting one. Then you also right. have to do, well, I mean, I, I did improv with Johanna Smith. Uh, yeah, awesome. she was probably one of my favorite teachers there, and Kathy Irvin. Yes, awesome. love Kathy. Yes. What about? <laughs> okay, then there's also. Oh my God! Um, at first, I was afraid of him. Um, oh my. Andre. Andre Harrington. <laughs> I knew, I see, I knew you were thinking about. I was like, yes. at first, he's like, at first, I was afraid of him. I was yes, like, I know you're talking about. But he is such a character in himself. Um, yeah. And there's also these other professors. That I mean, I can go ahead and mention, but I put them on blast on social media just because there was a time in, when I was going to college and I was very insecure about myself and I okay. would have advising with this certain professor. And everybody who went to Cal State San Bernardino Theater Program probably knows what theater professor I'm talking about. As soon about. as you said advising, we know exactly. who you're talking about. Well, so I remember during advising, he basically said, oh, you want to go into theater? Like, you want to go into like acting? And I said, mm-hmm. yeah. And he's like, ooh, well, uh, well you're going to have to do something about your weight because you're a little <laughs> overweight. And then you have a lot of acne on your face, so you're probably going to have to go see a dermatologist. And then you're going to have to fix your teeth because your teeth are very crooked. And I was a freshman, uh, you know, still very insecure about Mm -hmm. myself and whatnot. And I I just remember I was like, that's not what I wanted to hear. In retrospect, now that I think about it, I was very hurt and very traumatized to the point where I didn't want to audition for this professor because I didn't want him to show or say my insecurities in front of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like these were already my insecurities that he, you know, made him come to light in a one-on-one meeting. Right. Like what could he possibly do if I actually took more of his classes? I only took right. acting one with him and then I did like the lighting because I didn't want to audition for his show uh, okay. during that time. <laughs> right. But so years down the line, when I was now, now that I'm working in entertainment and it was a full circle, I was like, should I post about it? Everybody's like doing this whole like Me Too movement. I was not about <laughs> the whole Me Too era, but I was like, you know what? This isn't a Me Too post, but I'm just kind of, I want to go ahead and post about this just because I know this professor follows me and okay. the mental challenge or damage that he did to me. And then I, he's doing it to other students. So he stops. And it was so funny because so many of the students that I went and took theater during that year reached out and they said, you're talking about this person? And I said, yes. And they're like, well, hashtag me too. Hashtag me too, you know? And so it was kind of funny. And then this professor reached out and Mm -hmm. said, hey, I was reading your post. Sounds like it could have been me, but I'm not sure. But I'm reaching out. I hope you're doing well. And I basically said, it was you. And he's like, I am so sorry. Your life looks great. I hope you're doing well. And I'm like, it is great, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) It is great, you asshole. But like, yeah, yeah. uh, words hurt, y'all. So stop. Especially if you're in an educational setting. At the end of the day, I felt that's what it was. Like, you know what? Like, we're doing theater, and but it's still in an educational setting. It's right. still at a university level. There is still competition, but well, there's still also, favoritism. And, and it's also, you know, you have to, like, it's, it's kind of hard to explain to people, but, but theater is very personal. Yes. Theater is, is not like you, your marketing or your business, or it's just like you're just some dude in the corner. Like, no, they, they know your insecurities. Like, your theater professors are like, they, yeah, they know what you're insecure about. They know who you're dating. Mm-hmm. They know who you're doing more than that. They, they know. And they love the cheese, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. My do. turn to stand up. <laughs> There we go, guys. So they know uh, what I'll say, guys, is they know everything. It's very, it's very, very, very personal. It's not like, yeah, business or something like that. That's that's the thing I want like want people to understand. Well, no, it's uh, funny that you mentioned it because I think it's also very similar to radio, radio and theater. Radio is a the theater of the mind, and podcasting very much so the oh, theater okay. of the mind. All right. Because uh, when you have your one-on-one meetings with like your program director in or your director for theater, uh, they're judging your personality or the way you're acting or the way you're telling a story or the way you're coming across. So it's at the end of the day, they're giving you 
tips, aka, but they're stabbing your personality as well. Right. And it's like, well, you should have done this or you could have done this. And right. it's like, but I don't want you to get offended. And I'm like, how do you not want me to get offended? Because at the end of the day, it's my personality. Sí. And yeah, so it's very similar to, like you said, like theater, because theater, they will say, hey. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's, yeah, it, it, it does. It does play in your insecurities. Yeah, it really does. Dang. It, it really is part of the, so you really, you really get an understanding of that. When you're in college, because the industry is so much like that, and it is, I can you know? attest to it. Obviously, the Spanish, I, I can only attest to the Spanish market. I haven't worked general market, as they say, mm-hmm. but I know Miami culture is mm-hmm. in your face, screaming, and it is not nice. That's why I stay in LA. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever experienced general culture cutthroatness. So I haven't personally, but I have been to events of like movie premieres and stuff like that, where I've talked to people who are like models mm-hmm. and actors. And yeah, they have the, you know, people like my agent dropped me because I gained 30 pounds, <gasps> you know, and it just like, just like that's normal. I'm like, oh yeah. Like nothing. Just nothing. Oh my God. You know? Did you do any shows while you were at Cal State? I, I didn't do any shows. Oh, like, uh, theater, theater shows. shows. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Um, I was in, um, I was in Urinetown. Okay. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a play about people who have to pay to pee. Oh, okay. Very interesting. Um, why did I not remember the other one? No, I do remember the other one. Okay. It was Alicia and one at the editor. Oh, yeah. Okay. Was that Kathy? Johanna. Johanna. So mm-hmm. I'm telling you, all the cultured uh, shows <laughs> and all the, well, I, I mean, it was Kathy Irvin. Like, right. I did exactly. The Wiz with her. Like, oh, The Wiz. That would have been an awesome one to do. It was, it was yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was a freshman and I even I got to play one of the uh, Munchkins and whatnot, but mm-hmm. I was part of the ensemble. And then as you start, like, as the years go by, and I'm like, wow there's the professors who stick to the very traditional, which is great, See. which is, uh, you know, Shakespeare and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But the cast is very much Shakespearean looking. Yeah. And then you have Kathy Irvin, who does predominantly, like, cultured yeah. shows. And I'm like, I fit in here. Yeah, I fit in exactly. here. So, I, you know, I, I appreciate that. But then after you graduated, was it hard? Because I didn't end up following through with theater. Correct. How, uh, what about you? How was that experience? So, you know, I, I, w- I went to a few auditions in L.A., and I just really just didn't like it, honestly. Mm, the it, auditioning what, it, process. I, I just didn't like it. I didn't really like the industry going out there and didn't like how the industry was ran, to be honest with you. And I just didn't like it. But I love theater. Yeah. And I love telling stories, right? So come around during COVID, you know, I have my phone and I have a mic. And I'm like, well, I like telling stories. and I don't really know what else to do. So I was like, I'm going to start. Well, so I started off making workout equipment, workout okay. videos. Right? Yeah, because I see that you box, right? Right, yeah, I, I do box. Yeah, yeah, that's one of, my, one of my huge passions. But I started out just doing, like, lifting weights. I used to be a power lifter also. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so I used to, you know, squat, like, 500 pounds. Oh, and, I can never. Yeah. <laughs> Most I could do is, like, 300. Well, I can't, I can't anymore. Oh. But, yeah, back in the day, yeah, I was pretty strong. Um, but uh, what do you call it? But I, but I was like, what am I going to do, you know? So I started just making these videos, but I just liked it. You know, it wasn't really my thing, but then I started making Mexican content, mm. you know, and then it just caught on and I just kept making it, kept making it. Was it weird for people to see a black Mexican or to identify uh, like, oh, wow. Yeah. He's black, but he's also Mexican. Yeah, definitely. The multicultural space has really grown mm-hmm. in the past five years, to be honest with you. And now it's not really that rare to see someone who's black and Mexican. You know, you have a whole skin, you know, yeah. you have a whole like community on 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 TikTok, and it's like it's like you don't really notice it, but I did because I first started out. There really weren't anybody, yeah. to be honest with you, when I first started. What about for because I always hear that obviously in the United States, the Latino community is very different than the Latino community in Mexico, El Salvador, and todo and other sí. areas. Uh, um, so it's a lot more common for for I, I guess us to see other people with other shades, right? Versus in Mexico, it's really harder to be like, oh, a, a black person, right? right? So did are any of the comments or the people on social media like, oh my God, eh, es negro, es moreno, y está sí. bailando cumbias, bandas? You know, the, the, the comments on, the comments are mostly positive. You know, there are some few yeah. people like that they, they shouldn't, you know, black and Mexican shouldn't mix. You know, we have kind of the, that kind really? of thing. Um, yeah, yeah you, you definitely you still have that kind of a, like racism going on. Um, you get it more, I think, from people in in Mexico than anybody because mm-hmm. Mexico is very, very classist, even today, very classist. I, I don't want to say racist. I want to say classist. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's kind of, it's because it's I, so I would, so I would say racist, but I've been to Mexico, right? 
And when I go to Mexico, even though I'm black, right? Obviously, right? Yeah. People don't treat me like how they treat dark skin, dark skin yeah. Mexicans. You know? Wow. Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a dark skinned Mexican. Mm-hmm. And you a, don't have the profile of an I, indigenous person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I speak English, so I'm American. So I'm up here. Wow. I've you never know? thought about it that way. Yeah, yeah it's very, Mexico is extremely classist. Yeah. And spe- like I've been to Puebla in Mexico mm-hmm. and uh, Mexico City, like Puebla, like maybe because like the, those are the nicer parts, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. They're extremely classist over there. What was one of the sho- most shocking things that surprised you about Mexico when you went back? Um, yeah, th- that. How how they definitely they're how, how classes they really um, classes they are in Mexico. Did you see it? Uh, I mean, when you, I don't know, when you went out to a club yeah, to ex- dinner. Ex- exactly. To- so we were at I was at, I was at a club with a a, a person who was a uh, dark skin but Mexican dark. See that's see even now I'm thinking about like it's ridiculous. I didn't even yeah. think about this until I got there. There's 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 black, but then there's oh he was like the Mexican black. And, and 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 the waiters of there definitely didn't treat him how they how they treated how they treated me when I, when I walked into the club, mm. you know. So yeah, you definitely notice. I feel like when you grow up uh, like black Mexican or African American, you definitely have to dive in a little bit more into the racial aspect of it, and then you notice that it's an American thing and and Mexico or Latin America classes thing. Correct. But in Europe, I don't know if you like. I, I, I see it a lot in um, comments on Twitter, like, oh, I, I can't believe like you guys are still talking about like the color of your skin in 2024, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, versus, I'm sure it happens mm-hmm. in Europe and in those countries, but it's like it's just a melting pot out yeah. there. Well, I mean, they brought it over. Here. Well, it's so true. <laughs> yeah. This is very true. Yeah. So they've had. So a- how ironic <laughs> of them to say that, you know? <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, that's you know the Spanish brought it over with like the caste system crap. To mm-hmm. be honest with you, you know, if you were you know you you know black, you, if you were a native black, you couldn't go to this. This is the highest class you could go to. If you were you know white skin, you went to this class and etc. You know what I'm saying? So I just think that's funny for them, for Europeans to say, oh, well, you guys, where'd you guys get that from? Oh, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you, ha- do you feel like you had to learn more about like how to defend yourself when people started asking you or questioning you about uh, your background? Yeah. You know what? Actually, that's, that's one of the biggest reasons why I started learning Spanish because there's, uh, there's also what I would say, there's a lot of gatekeeping in the Mexican community mm. it's, it's for here too, right? Because it's like, if you're not, if your Spanish is not perfect, and and you post on, on on TikTok about being anything Mexican, it's like, oh, he's not. That's not really Mexican. He's yeah. a, he said hola, not hola. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So there is definitely. That's why I wanted to learn Spanish because I was like, you know what? The haters, oh, you know, actually, I think they're actually right. Yeah, I think I should learn some more Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is a program called Spanish Sin Pena. I don't know if you've heard about them. No. Uh, so it's uh, an organization in based in LA. So it's basically reintroducing the culture and the language to people who are second generation or first generation who buy. X, Y, and Z did not learn Spanish. So a lot of people obviously came in the 80s. There was a big old 70s, 80s, the Bracero movement. But they started not teaching their kids Spanish because like, hey, I don't want you to get beat. So they didn't teach their kids Spanish. So by the time it got to us, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, they don't really know Spanish. And that's actually why my dad doesn't know Spanish, Mm -hmm. right? Because if if, if back in the 80s, if you were, if you didn't, you wanted to be super American. If you were were Mexican, you didn't want to really be Mexican. You wanted to be as American as you possibly could be. Yeah, your accent had to be clear. Your accent had to be neutral. Exactly. uh, And and whatnot. But so what Spanish Simpena is doing now is they're reintroducing that culture. They have eight-week classes, seminars. They They have trips to Latin America, whether it be Mexico, Colombia, uh, X, Y, and Z. Spanish sin pena. Spanish sin pena. So it's basically like not, ha- well, Spanish, obviously, sin pena, which means without guilt, I guess. Sin pena? Mm. Sin pena. Yeah, oh, like okay. I'm not embarrassed. Okay. Oh, wait, I'm not embarrassed to speak it. So you practice with uh, other people who are not Spanish speakers uh, who are also learning it. So that way you start mm-hmm. having conversation and you start getting comfortable with having conversations in Spanish. That way, you know, little by little, you won't have a perfect Spanish, but at least you'd probably mm-hmm. know a lot more Spanish than than most. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's the big thing with learning a language is that people have to understand you have to speak it. Mm-hmm. 
in order to actually understand it. So yeah, I would absolutely love to go to LA and then learn to speak Spanish. Yeah, and I think they also do it online. So yeah, I mean, I'll pass you their info afterwards. So when you started posting on social media and you realized like theater or auditioning wasn't for you, correct? Um, when did your first video blow up? So my first video that blew up was actually Mexicans can open a bottle with anything. Oh, okay. Right, because like I, I guess it was so relatable, yeah. right? But this actually this actually started a trend on TikTok where people were uh, and like all, a lot of the big TikTok creators were actually they followed this trend and were showing you the things that uh, Mexicans can yeah. open a bottle with, right? That was a massive thing in in twenty one. Well, my first one, 2020, 2020, I think yeah. it was twenty twenty or twenty twenty one, and uh, so I started that. I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> that was a, okay. Then so that was you. Yeah, yeah. No wonder because I have I I remember I did see it. There I was a wave, right? In the yeah, it was a wave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and I don't. I remember I wanted to do it, but I was just like, uh, I feel like everybody's already done everything. Yeah, and people started showing like the craziest videos of mm-hmm. like you know the tables and the hats yes. and the, the computers. What do you feel about content? Like, or how do you feel about content? Um, do you get like writer's block? Do you get uh, unmotivated? You're like, okay, well, I feel like so many people have already done this type of video or content before. Mm-hmm. Like, eh, maybe I shouldn't just post it. Um, you know, no, I, 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 I never really feel like writer's block or anything like that because I just, I always feel like my, my videos are important. Maybe that's just, I guess, narcissism. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I was I, like, oh, I this video is important. Yeah. This is the best video ever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's just how I feel about my videos. Um, um, but no, I just, I've always just, I change them up a little bit and I just keep making content. I, I just keep coming. I've never had a point where the ideas have stopped. Mm. Um, maybe that'll happen one day. I don't know. What would you say is your biggest advice for those wanting to go into social media or mm-hmm. having that type of, uh, I'm not motivated to post? Yeah. So, so I'm not motivated to post. That is a, that is a, I would say a, a personal problem that's got to ah. be worked out. Yeah, definitely. But the the, the, what you have to do is you have to just start, to be honest with you. You know, if you have a phone and you have a mic, that's all you needed. That's all I had, to be honest with you. And that's all I had to start with. So that's all you need. You have a phone, you have a mic, and you have an idea. Of course you don't know how to make, I don't know how to make your videos as good as mine or as good as my favorite TikToker. And that's fine. Of course you don't know yet. You've you've never done it, right? And and your favorite TikToker didn't know how to do it either or, or, or YouTube or whatever. He didn't know how to do it either when he first started off. But he started, so just get on that path of starting. You yeah. know how to you know how to push record. You know how to, you know how to use your you know how to turn on the mic. Then just start with that, Damn. and then make the next video better that and then is, better. That is great advice because so many people are just stuck in the and they're always in that limbo. Like oh my god, I'm gonna get judged or I'm gonna yeah. they're gonna make fun of me and whatnot. Yeah. So they never even get to that yeah. next level, and you just never know. Yeah. And then they're always stuck in the what if. Correct. You know what what I say to people like that is is um is think about this like. In life, you're going to be judged. You're, you're going to be made fun of. So just accept that it's going to happen, right? Because if, if, some, if you accept it, then no one can really turn it against you. Uh, you know, I think what it is is humans, is we're, afraid of the, we're afraid of the unknown, right? But if you accept it, like this is what's going to happen, and then it happens, it's not really that big of a deal. That's amazing. Really yeah. good advice. What would you say has been the most um, pivotal video that mm-hmm. has like, redirected you in a new direction or, the, the, yeah, that the mexicans can open a beer bottle with anything wow. yeah because i was actually making fitness content before that okay right and that was like first off it was fun mm-hmm. right i involved my friends in it and it, w- it was just more me you know and the fitness content really wasn't me it was just i was just doing it because i thought it was gonna like take off and mm-hmm. stuff like that but that was like me like this is what i'm doing so now that you're not doing theater, you're now working for Clara, which is uh, a Latino-owned business that basically Correct. helps. Well, you explain it because yeah. you actually work for them. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, it's, it's a Latino-owned business, Latino-owned business, right? Um, and it's about, uh, it's, it's about help, helping content creators figure out what to charge brands. So we basically we're putting, we're, we're taking out, we're, we're more transparent than how other people are, right? Mm-hmm. It's like so, a glass door for Latinos. Exactly. Right. So then what happens is with brands is they come to creators and they say, we're going to, and we're going to, we want, we want two videos. Right. And so creators, especially new ones are like, well, for like, what do I charge? Like, should I charge 50 bucks? Is that a lot? Is that a little bit? Well, the idea for what we have with cloud for creators is we're trying to like show people so you can get an idea. Like you should be charging this much. Like, should I be charging 10,000? It's like, yes, girl, you have a million followers. Yes, you should be charging a million. You should be charging 10,000 right, or 5,000. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So 
With, with that being said, I was like losing my train of thought right now. But okay, Clara for creators. What was your biggest brand deal? My biggest brand deal. Oh yeah, wait. Yeah. What was your first brand deal? Because <laughs> you ask these questions on social right. media, I'm gonna ask you the exact same okay. ones because you didn't even answer them when we did the video. <laughs> my first brand deal was, I think it was a it was a Mexican. It was called Mi Gente, Mexican dating app, uh-huh. and that oh. was for okay. $300, I think. Uh-huh. All of our brands were $300. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like $300. That's what, um, that's what we said in our video. Yeah, <laughs> Mi Gente Dating App. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay. What would you say was the weakest brand deal that was offered? The weakest brand deal? Like where you're like, wow, at this point, they're trying to rip me off. Oh, I don't remember exactly what companies, but I get deals. I get offers every day it's like 50 bucks for a video and it's like well see at least they're trying to pay you i i've gotten to the point where in the beginning i used to take like oh i'll give you this product and if you could post on social media i'm like all right cool now it's gotten to the point depending on what they want to send me like sometimes they'll be like i'll send you a ray-ban i'm like yeah okay i'll take it whatever Mm -hmm. but um now they want to do like oh we'll do 10 percent commission and i'm like that's so popular right now. Uh, uh, yeah. I hate it because I'm like, no, pay me now. I don't care about yourselves exactly. in the future because mm-hmm. nothing guarantees me that uh, that people are going to go and actually like your product. Yeah. Right. But the TikTok shop, the yes. TikTok shop is going crazy with that commission crap. I've been, well, I've been wanting to try it. Have you tried the TikTok shop? I haven't shop? tried it, but the people are making some serious money on there. I Well, before it was just the, um, Um, (laughs) you know whatever that was and now the tiktok shop i'm just like wait a minute what the hell is going on right that these creators are actually earning a lot of commission just by showcasing products Mm -hmm. um but i just still don't know how it works yeah i i guess you just showcase the products and you get temper you get a commission from from said product um if that product does well i guess you do well also yeah um i i gotta look into it though because i am seeing some People making some crazy money in there. Yeah, because that's not even brand deals at this point. That's commission off of you doing a video right. or a TikTok live or et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. So what was the biggest brand deal that you got? I did uh, Peacock TV. I did uh-huh. two videos for them. And How yeah. did they reach out? Were you already like popping I was, on Instagram I was, or TikTok? It was, uh, I think it was through, through TikTok and Instagram. Mm. And they reached out to my, to my agency and they... Uh, and we did two videos for 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 six grand, but but wow. you know plus their plus the agency's commission plus taxes. Okay, yeah, I was like taxes. <laughs> agencies take away what like 10, 20 percent. The industry standard is twenty percent. Yep, yep. How would you go about for like uh, creators who want an agent, aka myself? <laughs> what would you suggest that they look out for? Ooh, what to look out for? Yeah, and then where to where can they find a good agency? Yeah, and how and do they need to have a certain amount of followers at this point? So it's, it's it's not a certain amount of followers. I mean, every agency is every agency has every agency has their has their own recommendations. But as mm-hmm. far as what you need to look out for, well, first off, are they even real? That's a big one because <laughs> wow. anybody can just honestly just email anybody and say, "I'm with this agency. I'll do your brand deals for tw- you know twenty percent," and then you're signed to them. And they're not even really real, right? Mm-hmm. You do an, you do you do a collaboration, and I you know we were talking to Matisse, right, and yeah. she was saying. Yeah, they did an agency collaboration. They took thirty thousand. Like they stole them. Like that's yeah. crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, so look up people that have like cred. So talk, talk to other creators. That's why I always I always ask creators. The, like the number one question I always ask: What what agency are you signed to, mm-hmm. and how do you like them? Got you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So just ask around, shop around. Ask around, shop around. Correct. And then once you actually find an agency, what should you look out for? Like how much yeah. they're taking. Uh, what they're offering should they even like what if they're just inviting me to events do i have to pay them not to you, you never have to a good agent is never gonna um take money from you um unless unless they don't get paid unless you get paid okay it doesn't you shouldn't even ha- you shouldn't even be uh, be thinking about paying them unless they're they're paying you gotcha. right and, and if you think about it right like an agent is supposed to really believe in you right if you because if you don't believe in you like why are you my agent this is dumb right so and if you really believe in me, you should you should be you'd like, oh, we're gonna make a bunch of money off this guy, right? Which is which is not which is, and, that's, and I'm completely fine with that, right? Yeah. So, and the way they make a bunch of money, right, is because we're gonna get him a bunch of money, and I'm gonna give them a bunch of money, right? Gotcha. I can make a bunch of money, you make twenty percent. That should twenty percent of a lot of money should be, still be a lot of money, yeah, right? Yeah. So, but if that, that's if that's not the not the case, 
yeah, then you would just, yeah, that's not an entity I would go with. Damn. Okay. Are you signed to an agency right now? I am. I'm signed currently to Viral Nation right How now. How do you like that? So like, I can't talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm under contract. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, um, yeah, I'm signed to Viral Nation. Um, they they've been okay. We've had we've had our ups and downs. Um, you know, it's it, but it's just not. You know, it's just like being a rapper mm. and getting signed to a label. I was like, never been a rapper, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, but you know, how rappers, right? Yeah. They get signed to labels, and it's like, oh, that's when you made it, right? Well, you're, there's still so much work that has to be done, and it's not necessarily like, you, like the hard work's over. Yeah, right. And and I think so many people assume that an agency is, uh, what was I going to say? It's perfect because some agencies exactly. are just starting off. And I'm going to be completely honest. The agency that I'm signed with uh, here at for my podcast, Head Chale Podcast, Jeez. it's Latino Pods, who is going through like their ups and downs because they are two years old. Right. Mm -hmm. So they learned a lot during their first year. The second mm -hmm. year was almost stagnant in terms of how much we got in advertisements coming into the podcast. See. Third year, which is now that I'm in, I'm hoping it gets better. But it's like, OK, do you trust them enough? Is there communication coming both ways? And I think a lot of people forget that it's an evolution within companies like you yeah. start off not knowing and then as you start progressing, things start evolving, things start changing and maybe they're not the right fit. For mm -hmm. you at that moment, and maybe you're not a right fit for them at that moment. That's either. another thing too. You know? Also, so mm -hmm. so that's one thing that I like to look out for. Yeah, you know, one thing I think about too is like the, the entire the entire industry. To be honest with you, when it comes to agencies, isn't isn't like an agency where you're gonna be like, well, we've been in business for a hundred years. Impossible, because the industry hasn't even been around for a yeah. hundred years. The industry is what ten years old. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So everything's new, and it's evolving. Like now we added TikTok. Exactly. Now we added TikTok shops. Exactly. And there's all. Well, I mean, I don't know. If, is there any new social media that we don't know about? Like you're. That's, so you wouldn't. I, see, I, would, I wouldn't know. Right. Okay. See, see, okay. This is see. This is this is the big thing, right? So like, what it what, what happens is uh, social media comes in waves, right? So like right now I hear like Snapchat is like really paying to creators. See that's that's exactly what I said, right? Snapchat paying. Exactly. <laughs> Someone's like, wait, I I got I don't even have the app no more, yeah. right? But from what I understand from talking with creators, Snapchat is actually the the app that's paying the most money right now. Mm. Talking with talking you know, with creators. Uh, well, I don't. I mean, as a creator yourself, uh, you were in that wave where Facebook was paying or Instagram was paying, and it was like beautiful when you mm. made views. And mm -hmm. I mean, I made like, like, I think at most, which was something 600 bucks, but I was talking to other creators that were making like two, $3,000 a month, just posting mm -hmm. on Instagram. Right. And then they took that off. And I'm like, that's, you're messing with people's money, Instagram. Right. Like that freaking sucks. But then I don't know if you heard uh, back in December that they were going to implement, um, <laughs> Yeah. And they never did. Yeah, exactly. You know, like even the yeah. the I think the CEO of Meta or I don't know. Right. Whatever. They came out and said we're gonna implement it in the next month for holiday pay. You know what's funny? It's like it's like when it's like when your parents told you you're gonna go to Disneyland. Yeah. We're about to go. Yeah. And you, you, you <laughs> never do. I was so pissed because I was like, I'm gonna start posting a lot more content for the month of December. Right. Exactly. Y'all just lied to all those creators and mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Personally, my me personally, I never got paid much from Instagram. My mm -hmm. my best month was like six hundred dollars. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> same. Right. <laughs> See, I think a lot of people assume that like who maybe not creators that Instagram maybe pays the most because it's the mm -hmm. most popular. I don't. I don't know if yeah. people assume that. Um, but they don't. Because, yeah. Yeah. Facebook. Do you post on Facebook? I post on Facebook. They also. also pay. I remember the first month. I remember I only posted like ten videos and whatnot, and I got paid thirty bucks. And I was like, "Wow, yeah. I'm gonna start posting way right. more on Facebook." And then I think I posted the exact same amount with a little bit more engagement the following month, and I got paid two bucks. And I was like, "Yeah, I don't." Really how, know how does your algorithm work? I have no idea how they calculate. To be honest with you, on that. they're like, "We're just gonna give him false hopes in the beginning, right?" And just <laughs> screw him over the second month. Yeah. Yeah. What if, What do you feel about uh, YouTube Shorts? Or are you on, are you on YouTube Shorts? Because I, I, I am sometimes on YouTube. feel like I got to post everywhere. Is there a button where I can just click post all? Oh, I wish. I wish there was a button you could just post all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm on I'm on YouTube Shorts. But so YouTube, the, where the money really comes in with YouTube is for the long form content. Mm. Right. The Shorts really don't pay as as much as as the long form. That's really where the money comes. In. If you're gonna post short form content, from what I understand right now, Snapchat where it's at yeah do you feel there are so many people that are in it for the money in terms of like social media versus you're doing it to educate a mm -hmm. whole community and um to showcase visibility for the black mexican community mm -hmm. but do you think a lot of people are doing it for the money and actually making a lot of money 
so I think I think there are some people who are doing it for you. You can tell though. Yeah. To be honest with you, you can tell who's doing it for the money. Um. So when it comes to like the comedy, like the comedy skits, like the podcast, and like uh, I'm trying to think, like lifestyle, education. Typically, those people aren't in it for the money because that that's not what you would do yeah. if you wanted to make a bunch of money, right? Yeah. Um, I want to make a bunch of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's certain creators that I guess you can call them creators. Yeah. I don't, don't want to put anybody on blast, but there there's certain creators that really they just like picture twenty thousand. Yeah. Picture twenty thousand. Picture twenty thousand. Oh dear, we must go to fly to London. This day. You, know, you know what I'm saying? And that's like fifty thousand. So. These these kind of creators, I don't know if they'll be doing it in ten years. I don't know if there's like a serious passion for it. They're glamorizing that whole lifestyle. Exactly. That I think now there's like uh, classes in college on how to become an influencer. Right. Exactly. And you're just like, what? Mm-hmm. So for those creators, I don't think they they have a passion for it as much as like someone like, uh, you know, like like the Yo Sabo gang. Like yeah. I don't think like I, I think he actually has a passion for this. You don't really do something like that unless you have a passion. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think you can you can you can see it. Yeah. Speaking of Yosavo, let's pull those cards out and let's play. Let's play. <laughs> I was wait, I was waiting to play. <laughs> I was like, he wants to play, so let's go ahead and play. So we're gonna put a stack here. Oh, oh, you don't know how it works? All no, right, so no, let me no, just show no, you how no. it works. So we got this deck of cards from our friends at Yosavo, and I'm gonna put let me see. I'm gonna put some of the cards here. And we're each going to draw three cards, and we're going to play them versus each other. The words are in English, okay. and you're going to tell me them in Spanish. Oh, okay, I know. awesome. Or I can tell you them in Spanish, and you tell them to me in English. Uh, so it's like way. a reverse? Yeah. Okay, yeah. You, yeah. watch. So, ¿cómo se dice sí. betray in Spanish? Betray? Like... Ah, uh. <laughs> <laughs> <Sin> amigo. Enemigo? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah, that's close. Traicionar. 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 Yes, ah, okay. betray. Like, I betrayed you. Oh, All right, okay. so watch. Yeah, I need this game, guys. Oh, okay. It. Well, yes. <laughs> Send it to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, pull a card next, because okay. I'm playing against you. Oh, you're going to kill this. Uh, no. Blimp. Blimp? See. Sí. Blimp. Like a like a blimp? I think so. Like a like the blimp. Un globo? I don't know. Yeah. No sabo. <laughs> what is it? Digerible? Digerible. <laughs> Never. Okay, that 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 one. Yeah. Okay. No okay. one knows that one. No who, one knows. Who who uses digerible? Mira, it's a digerible. Wait, is that? They don't even know that one in Mexico. Right? Blimp. Blimp is one of those. Like, oh, they, like Goodyear blimp. Like what? Like the Goodyear ones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm like, mira el digerible. Yeah, like, look never. at the digerible. No, right? They don't okay. even know that one in Mexico. All right. To break. To break. Oof. I know our God is to fix. ¿Cómo se dice to break? No sé. Come on. Romper. Oh, that was basic. No yeah, rompas más. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Romper. Okay. Romper. Romper. Hey, but you're getting there. ¿Cómo se dice? Cabbage. Cabbage. Oh. Uh, oh, my God. My mom likes to feed us cabbage all the time. Repollo. Sí. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I used to call it red chicken. Red chicken? <laughs> yeah, because pollo. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Something like red chicken. Challenge. ¿Cómo se dice oh, challenge? Man. These are expert words. I don't make the game. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yo, Sabo. Let me see. No, it's trainer. Um, no sé. Desafío. Desafío. No, I didn't even I, know. I would have. Yeah, I, no. I like, <laughs> Desafío. Let's okay. See. ¿Cómo se dice clothes hanger? Clothes hanger. Gancho? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Where'd you get that word from? Is that popular? <laughs> Gancho, that's what we got hit with. Ah, okay. <laughs> like, where'd you get that word from? Yeah, we got hit with clothes hangers. What <laughs> would you say is the biggest difference, uh, just to f- like finalize the podcast, between the Mexican community and the black community? Because there are some, so many similarities that intertwine. Right. right. With, I, I, and I think it's uh, when it comes to the differences or similarities? Differences and Okay. Uh, I think when it comes to, the, so we go to similarities. Uh, I like I like the punishments. Right? Oh, we, they do spankings. Okay. And so do Mexicans. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They, it's like it wasn't, and they're hard. There's yeah. not like there. I don't I don't remember a timeout. I don't even know what that is. Nope. So I be, agree. <laughs> I agree. We got smacked up upside the head. You know, don't be asking. You go into the story. Don't be asking for nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's Mexican. 
That's 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 black. Um, as as far as uh, differences, I would say the food. The food is really where the differences come in, right? Okay. Right. What would you say is your favorite Mexican food, and then what is your favorite di- like uh, African American and black food? Oh, my favorite. You know, I like I like a mole. <gasps> I love mole. Love me some mole. It has, it has to be from Mexico though. Yeah, like, I like mole poblano. poblano I, I had yes. mole poblano in Puebla. I oh haven't been to Puebla, so I'm so jealous that oh you actually had mole poblano. Oh my god, yeah, Puebla is amazing. <sighs> yeah, yeah, and mole poblano. Oh yeah, and then for black, I would say I like that cornbread, like that southern cornbread. I haven't had that either. Like, how's so, that possible? <laughs> I've had cornbread, but I feel like I've had really bad cornbread. Oh, but no. I, need, but all my friends are like, you gotta try it from X Y Z place, and I'm like, yeah. somebody give me some cornbread. I want my grandma. Yes, yes. I mean, homemade food is probably the best. And finally, what message do you have for everybody who's trying to like make it in life? How do they keep echando leganas? Echando means like. Well, it, it, like, échale ganas, obviously in the Mexican or Latino communities, échale, sí. to put in, to leave a paw print. Uh, to, put, to put in, échale, to ech- put in. Yeah, but it's sort of like, uh, what's, what's, what's the infinitive of, of the word? Oh, that's a know? good word. That's a good SAT word, infinitive. Oh, that's what that's, uh, it, it's like the one without the conjugation. Oh, well, échale would be, I guess because this is slang. Ah, uh, is it? Okay. Yeah, All so right. it's slang. So if like, oh, yeah, echale ganas, it sí. means like, keep going. You got this. Sí. Uh, versus echad is to put in. Ah, uh, okay. Echad. So that's, echad yeah. is the infinitive. Yes, yes, yes. Right. yes, yes. Echad, in. you know, to echale. put in. Echale is more of like a slang. Like, oh, yeah, echale agua. Put some water. Pour some water. Uh, echale alcohol. Put, okay. put some, pour some alcohol. Like. And then echale, what's it? Was it? Was it? Echale ganas. Oh, ganas like con, ga, like con, con ganas, ganas, like like yeah. like with like with. Like, come on, ganas. Yeah. You know, like what's? Oh, I think the, of my like like my like my family, like my tios, like con ganas, güey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. Con ganas, güey. Echale ganas. There you go, like that. Okay. Um, what I would say, guys, is figure out what you want to do, right, and work every single day to get a little closer to your goal. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And where can people find you? They can find me a lot of places, right? I'm the Black Mexican on Facebook. I'm the Black Mexican on YouTube. I am the Black Mexican with three ends <laughs> on Instagram. I'm the Black Mexican with two ends on TikTok. It's because they, somebody took it, huh? It's yeah, exactly. Hijos de su madre! <laughs> I swear, yeah. like making it. Well, Michael. Thank you so much for coming on at Charlie Podcast. I hope you had fun. I enjoyed this I conversation. I had a lot of fun. Thank, Thank you, you so I appreciate much. It. Hasta la próxima on Echale Podcast. Hasta luego.